it's the same as every other stupid hack out there that like people can see right through. But I mean, you got to make the mistakes to know that they don't work. So yeah, don't do that. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Marketing Revisited. My name is Liam Maroney, I am your host, and on this podcast, I talk to the smartest marketers I know, one topic at a time, to learn what's new, what's changed, and what you need to leave behind to be a better marketer. And today, we discuss the topic of building communities. And so, of course, I talk to none other than Todd Clouser, the lead brand marketing manager at Refine Labs, and an absolute must-follow on TikTok when it comes to B2B marketing, and particularly community building for demand gen. It was a great episode. Take a listen. Todd, welcome to the podcast. I am delighted to have you here. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic, Liam. Thanks for having me. Of course. I am I am eager to talk about this one. This has been a topic that has been on my mind for ages because I think we talk about community all the time on LinkedIn. It is probably one of the most overused words to the point now that I think half of us don't even fully know what it means. So I wanted to use this episode to really go into it because you've been talking a lot about building communities. Obviously, like at Refine Labs, they've done a stellar job of doing exactly that. You've been part of this for companies. So I want to start with, when we talk about community, what what exactly do you, does it mean from a marketer's point of view to you? What is a community that is something you build? So I think the you've got you've got two things here, right? You've got audience and you have community. And the the way that I look at it is an audience is a one to many discussion. So like for example, my background is in YouTube. We had several hundred thousand subscribers and like a YouTube video where I create something and talk to the masses, like that's audience. Whereas a community, in my opinion, and people may disagree with me on this, but the community aspect is when those people get to know each other and can help each other whether I'm there or not. So like I may I may bring those people together, but once they once they're together, like me being there is no longer necessary. They can interact, they can help each other on their own. So what I always tell people, and this is the, the route that I went, like we started with YouTube and then that turned into a, a Facebook group. Like that's the first community that I ever built is you, you have to build the audience first and you have to build those relationships first because what ends up happening when, and we see this all the time, right? Like someone tries to create a Slack community, you, you go in there, like there's like an introduction page, like tell us where you work, tell us what you do. And that's the last time you, you ever interact with that page. Like I've done it several times. I've seen other people do it in different communities. And the reason that happens is because those relationships aren't built prior to going into the community. So if you, mm. if you like in, in my instance, what we did is we built this large audience and then the community kind of arose from that, you know, we, we built the audience and then we gave people a place to, you know, communicate with each other when we weren't there. Like we would see the same, you know, every video we put out, we would, 30 people might comment on every video. Like we knew who our diehard fans were. So like we started, you know, creating that 
space where those people could interact and then it grew from there so it started off relatively small and then and i'm i'm kind of getting ahead of myself here but i'm going to keep going if you're okay with it go for it but uh it, it started out small in a facebook group and what we ended up doing was like the the facebook group grew organically because it was named after the YouTube channel, people saw it and they recognized it. So they would come in and what ended up happening was it became a, the main like category of people that were coming in there were students. And this was in the welding and fabrication industry. So like it was welding fabrication students would come in and they would post up pictures of like their, the welds that they were doing in class. And it was like, what am I doing wrong here? This isn't, this isn't what it's supposed to look like. Here's my settings. Here's how I did it. Like, give me help, which then became like feeding us content, right? Like these are all things that we can do. So what we started doing on the YouTube content didn't matter what the actual topic was about. And our videos were normally like 10 to 15 minutes in length, like on average, the last one to three minutes of that video became, all right, so Joe Schmo posted this video over on the Facebook group. Here it is. Here are his settings. Here's how we would have approached it. Like, here's what we think you're doing wrong. Try that. And then everybody, because welding's kind of like, there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. Like we can give our mm -hmm. advice, but someone else might come at it from a completely different perspective. So it's like, here's how we would go at it everyone in the audience watching this video, like drop down in the comments, tell us what you think. And what, what we found was on videos that like, let's say the video got a hundred thousand views, 70% of the comments. And, and we would usually average like on a, on an average video, maybe like between 100 and 300 comments, the like close to 70% of the comments were coming from the last two minutes of the video like trying to help this person. And then what we saw from there was like maybe another, and I'm, I'm just guessing here, but maybe another like 20% of those people that commented came over to the Facebook group specifically to connect with that person and be like, Hey, I, I ran your same exact settings. Here's my picture. Like, here's what it did. I got better results. Maybe you're, you know, your technique is a little off, try this. So what we ended up doing was taking the, I, I look at a lot of communities as like another form of gated content, right? Uh -huh. We ended up taking the, the content that was happening inside the community, bringing it to like the wider audience. And by doing that, we attracted the people that only wanted to be there to help people. You don't attract all the people that are like, well, yeah, I could join another community. I've already got eight Slack groups, you know, in my, in my thing. What's another one? Like you have, you're, you're recruiting people that come in for a very specific purpose to help a specific person. I want, there's a few things I want to jump on here. Cause this is really interesting. So the first is when you're talking about these YouTube videos, you're talking about engagement that's happening in the comment section that eventually then moves over into a Facebook group. And I think when most people think about community, you think about it as this closed ecosystem. 
oh, you got to join our group and this is where you log in and it's a platform. It's like LinkedIn. But where you're talking about is a lot of this engagement and conversation is happening in comment sections on channels, which is a different way of thinking about community that I certainly wouldn't have thought about straight away. Yeah, I think the people think about community as like a as like a like a, a place like a Facebook group or a Slack group or Discord or, or something like that because it's a it's easier to communicate with somebody on a regular basis in a dedicated location like that. Whereas like if I'm doing a if I'm creating YouTube content, you know, it it's more difficult for people to interact on like a regular basis. Uh, unless it's like what we do at Refine Labs. It's a it's an every Tuesday at a specific time. People come, you know, a lot of people, everybody originally came specifically to hear Chris talk. And and they obviously they still do. Like if the content was bad, they wouldn't show up. But a lot of people come like just for what's going on in the comment section. Like that's that's community. You're 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 showing up to engage with people that you know you know and trust in the comment section. Now, in a live event, that makes it easier because it's the same time every week. But you can also do that through pre-recorded content like a YouTube channel. Like if you see the same people coming down in the comments every week and having conversations, like what's the difference if they do it there or if they do it in a in a closed group? Yeah. I want to I want to pull back for a second cuz I think everything we're describing here sounds great to be a participant of. But if you're selling this in in an organization and you're saying, "Hey, we want to start building a community around this." Things that you've described, I could see I could see heads of sales. I could see the wrong kind of CEO like reacting to like, we don't want to be like spending time managing a place where students are going to show up. They can't buy our product. So what, what's in it for a company to have a community versus just have an audience that they talk to? Um, well, so like in, in that example, students were very much our ICP. Like we were an education channel like that, that went to what, like that was a good community for us. Um, but it all comes down to like the content that you create and that you put out and that's going to determine the type of people that you attract. So like if your, your goal for the community, whether it's a live event or, you know, pre-recorded content or a closed group, the goal should be to bring people together. So one, you can you can keep a pulse on the things that people are having trouble with. So like, that's, that's a, that's a huge advantage. If I have all these people that I can easily see the questions that are coming through, like, again, these are all ways to, to create content, you know, and, and position yourself as the expert in whatever, you know, these different areas of, of questions or problems are arising. Like that gives you the first, like, you can monitor the pulse on your industry very well by doing that. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I, I kind of want to ask about that. So like, you know, the Refine Labs example is a really good one. And obviously it's one form of community that's developed. But I've heard you talk about this before. And I'm curious your thoughts on beginning a community that starts by being a thought leader and an expert and building the audience. Is, is that the natural way or do 
do you think there's a process of going in saying like, this is an audience that I don't feel has a community and I want to be the one to create it? Is that another pathway or are there different entry points for starting a community? I have never, and I'm not to, I'm not saying this can't be done. I have never witnessed it or seen it. And the, the reason is like, let's say there's no community for, and, and someone asked me this the other day, they said, is there a community for like B2B social media manager type of people? So like, if I wanted to go out and create that community and I was not a subject matter expert in that area, this comes back to creating the community that we see so often. Someone announces like, hey, I just created a community for B2B social media managers. Here's the link. Come on in. Like, let's let's start this thing. Every even if let's say that post goes viral and everybody comes in, you have all these people that came in that that probably don't know each other. They don't know past like a, a two sentence thing what anybody else in the community does or the experience to which they can help somebody else like there's no there's no proof of of like if i have a question i don't know who to ask or if the advice that i'm getting mm. back is actually good whereas if i'm a social media manager like expert that's my field i know all this stuff i can start to invite you know a couple people in and we have these like really good conversations, we can start sharing those conversations out with a wider audience and build it organically to where people want to weigh in on a specific conversation or get advice on a specific topic. Then they come in and they're, they're fully engaged. Whereas like, mm. it's kind of like the, it's kind of like the, um, slow organic, you know, build it up route versus like, let me try to blast this out and like see what sticks so i think not to say that it can't be done but like i would that's not how i would approach it yeah and you mentioned something interesting there about like you know people asking specific questions i've seen this go terribly wrong in facebook groups and previous companies where suddenly moderating this beast of a thing becomes its own job if someone's going down a path and they say i want to create a community what from a moderating management place do you actually think about like do you need to have that in place or does it grow like how do you make sure this thing doesn't turn into a political nightmare so what what i've done in the past is um basically like well the community is created created like in the beginning as the person who created it like we're in there every day we're engaging in as many conversations as we can like we're we're building it up organically and as you do that because you're in there every single day and and seeing the keeping the pulse on what's going on you will naturally identify the people that are doing the same thing like they're in there they give good advice they're they're there to help people not just like you know throw generic comments in so people see their name so they can like you know boost mm -hmm. their brand a little bit um and like what we've done in the past i've done this in several communities is like i will i will partner up with those people like hey man you're in here 
you're in here every day answering questions. Um, like, do you want to be a moderator? Like you can, I always try to recruit like the best talent that's already showing up every day. And then I bring them into that process. I mean, sometimes it, it, it all depends on the community. Sometimes like that's a, that's a paid thing. Sometimes that's just like a, Hey, I love doing this. I want to help people like, yeah, happy to do that sort of thing. So like you kind of have to, you know, it's a, it's a case by case basis, but, um, I've always been one to say that like, you need, you need multiple people in there that you can trust to help moderate the conversations. Speaking of moderators, as soon as you mentioned moderator, my head immediately goes to Reddit, which is just the most defined place of moderators, rules, communities, where it's built for that specific purpose. And you see the wrong side of it too. Anyone who uses Reddit, you can have you know, places that feel extremely rigid where anyone who talks about a topic that's off, they get deleted and it can feel like a really draconian place to be a yeah. member of. Do you think that's an entirely different type of community to something that would organically come up for marketers? Or do you need to plan for that type of an environment at some point? Having rules, having conversations that you don't want to participate in this area? Um, I can tell you the way that I've always done it. I don't know that this is the best way for everybody. Um, but as far as like rules and like strict like things that have to happen in the community, like for instance, we'll go back to the original one that, that I was talking about with the welding community. The only rules for that community were like, it's a, it's a welding community. We're talking about welding. Like let's, let's keep it on topic. So like if, if people start posting spam and other things, like we're going to delete that and don't be an asshole. Like, I mean, you can disagree, but like once, once like people get heat, I mean, especially on Facebook, like, you know how that can go. Um, mm -hmm. So like, it, but we always left it up to the moderator's discretion. So again, it comes back to like bringing in people that you trust can make good decisions based on the specific case that they're trying to make a, a decision on. And I mean, I would, I, I still get, you know, DMs like, Hey man, this, this is going on over here. Like, can you take a look at it? And like, what do you think? Even though I'm not in the community every single day anymore, like moderator will still come back to me and say like, can you, what are your thoughts? Like, here's kind of mm -hmm. where I'm leaning, but like, so like if you, if you get the right people to, to moderate, you know, they're they're going to try to make the best decision in the moment. So, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of like strict rules, like, but you need to have some, some ground rules, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I want to go back to so what we were talking about a little bit ago, just on like deciding that there's a need for a community. Is there like, are there reasons why someone should not try and aspire to creating a community? Like, I mean, is there a, oh, well, this is too saturated. There's too many marketing communities already. Why do we need another one versus we know that there are no B2B social media manager communities? Like, should you vet how saturated the area is? Or is it, does it, like, is there a case where a community is not for everybody? Yeah, I think there's... 
there's a couple reasons why you may not want to go the community route as far as building it. Um, like first and foremost, like if you don't have the resources, like it, it, it's not easy to build a thriving community. Like it, there's a lot of time that goes into it. So like, if you don't have the time to dedicate to like being in the community all day, like you need to have people doing that, like fostering these conversations. If you don't have that, like it, it's, it's not worth building a community. It's probably like, you can still, you can be maybe not just as effective, but, but very close to as effective at being really good at participating in current communities. You know, you don't always need to build your own. In some cases, like there's, there's tons of B2B communities out there, like find the top three that get really good engagement and just dedicate yourself to getting in there and answering all these questions. And that, that can be a catalyst to building your own community. Like mm. we're, we're, we're coming back to the original point that we met, that we mentioned, which is like, you know, you, you want to build yourself as this subject matter expert, like what better way to go into the communities and answer everyone's questions by giving them really good advice. Like, there's there's multiple ways to go about community. You don't always have to build one from scratch. There's there's plenty of cases where you can you can dominate in current communities that already exist by just providing a ton of value. Yeah. I hate asking this question, but I know it is a question that gets asked. <laughs> and I think you probably know where I'm about to go with it, but I have no idea which makes it even money. <laughs> there's, there's a few there's a few terrible ways of asking this, but I'll ask the first of them, which is Okay, so you've built a great community. You've got all this engagement. You've got all this conversation. At some point, there's going to be someone is going to go well, like, when can we start like plugging the product and getting them to like head over to the website? Like, how protected should this thing be from being exploited, or is there a way of kind of pulling people organically to it? No, I mean that. This is this is kind of like the the mindset of the community that you really have to like be cognizant of prior to building it and then sticking to your guns. Like if you get to, if you're lucky enough to get to the point where like you build a thriving community, like the second you start pushing product, like that's where communities go to die. Like, <laughs> like the, there's no better way to kill a community than, than just start pushing product. I've made this mistake in the past. So like, at a, at a former company, we were we were trying to run a very similar strategy to like the Refine Labs Demand Gen Live. Like we were doing weekly live events, and for like two months, they were going pretty well. Like we we'd get like thirty people a week. Sometimes we'd get up to like sixty. But like for a a brand new thing, like that was really good. And then all of a sudden like 30 and 60 turned into like we've got we've got three people in the waiting room like <laughs> do we launch this like what do we do and <clears throat> what we were doing which i attribute to what what killed this community it's my opinion we don't have any facts to back this up by any stretch um because the like the content was really good the hosts were really good 
the only thing that we were doing wrong was at the end of every episode, we were giving the list to our SDR team and they were, yeah. they, they were, they were putting that yeah. into their, into their outbound. So like we, we probably had like five people that literally showed up every week and then they started falling off from like, what's going on guys? This isn't good. So like, yeah, like don't, you have to, the community's job is to help. Let me think of how I can put this. The community's job is not to directly sell. The community's right. job is to create a space where people can come to help each other. And then by proxy, you're associated with that. And then people recommend, they, they tell other people like, that's kind of where like you need to, it's a, again, like it's a, it's a demand function. It's not like an outbound sales function. So. And so on that, if someone says, what's the value of this, what's the return back to the business? Are you looking towards people self-identifying as they come through demos saying, oh yeah, the reason I came is because I'm a member of the group or, or like how, how would you, how would you try and show that this thing was worth the resources, the time, the effort? Um, that's a that's a good question because I I don't necessarily think that you will. I, I could be wrong here. I, I'll like I'll use Refine Labs as an example. Um, we have a ton of people come through and say, "Heard about you on the podcast, uh, LinkedIn content, that sort of thing." And I don't have I don't have numbers on this, but like the the people that say like I show up to DGL every week, like that doesn't that's not that doesn't happen. So but DGL is the catalyst for all those other things doing well. Right. So like you you I don't know that you can like even with self at self-report attribution like it, it may be tough but like using common sense and knowing that like okay like for us demand gen live is the is the main piece of of that's like the central pillar for the podcast that then drives the linkedin content and the tiktok and all that other stuff so like even though someone's not saying i showed up to demand gen live they're they're listing these other things that that stem from that or even like word of mouth like that that community is what's going to drive word of mouth so like you kind of have to use a little bit of common sense which like people don't like to hear but at the end of the day like <laughs> take it or leave it i guess <laughs> i think it's a good point because like i mean like take you know dimension life what it has it what it gets from that is credibility because there like you said it's common sense to say if all of these marketers keep on referring to what refine labs is doing as oh this is like the cutting edge this is the forefront the most progressive marketing like that word gets around that this crowd is so good that marketers gravitate towards it ergo they must be good at providing marketing services even if they're not directly the people who are attending those events yeah 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 I want to go back to what you're saying about like the, the two or three people in the waiting room. I want to come in from the other side, which is I could easily see people saying like, we want to do these things. We'd love to do live events, 
but I'm terrified of putting all this effort in and having two people show up. Like, where's the like this is enough to start promoting it or is there like a crawl walk run version of this how do you not have a an empty room with two people who don't know each other um i so you're you're talking about like specifically in like the live event format kind of what we do at demand gen live yeah i think let's say you've got a topic and let's say we're starting this from scratch i i am a thought leader i am a subject matter expert and i want to start creating content that brings people where they can comment and they can interact in a live environment Am I going down a paid distribution path? Is this something that has to organically build on its own? Or can I buy my way into it and start to bring people? Like, how would you recommend someone start that? If I've, if I've got the content, I just don't have the audience. Uh, so what I'll, what I'll say is like the, the audience, this is going to sound bad. I hope it, I hope it, the point comes across, but like the, the audience is secondary. Okay. Okay. So like, Think of it. Think of it this way: um, you're you're recording a podcast, and you're inviting people to be a fly on the wall of watching that podcast. And if they if they want to, they can ask questions. I think literally the best example of this, um, like Mason Cosby. Okay. He yep. he he does his podcast, and he streams it on LinkedIn Live, like. It's not it's not set for a specific time every week, but like he if let's say me and you were recording this podcast, like you you say like, all right, I'm just gonna hit live on LinkedIn and then people can people can come in, they can ask questions, but like that's not the whole point of why we're going live. It almost acts as like a people can come in, see what we're talking about, but like, hey, they don't have forty five minutes to sit and watch, but they they liked the first three minutes, they're going to come back and, and listen to the full episode. Or if they want, they can leave a question and we can, we can choose to answer it there. We can choose to answer it on an upcoming episode. Like there's a bunch of ways you can do it, but like, and it's, it's, it's a bit scarier in zoom. Like if you're doing it in zoom, like in your, and you're billing it as a live event and like two people show up, like, yeah, that's a little, that's not, that's, that's a tough pill to swallow, but like, I think there's other ways that you can start again. It's, it's building it in public. And let's say you do it live on TikTok or live on LinkedIn and you, you get to a point where you're getting, you know, a dozen or more people showing up for, for these events. Then you can be like, Hey guys, you know, like I want to engage with you guys more fully. It would be cool if we could go back and forth in this conversation instead of me just reading your comments and trying to interpret. Like, let's move this over to a Zoom event. And here's the time. Like, who who would be up for that? And then that's a little easier way to, like, try to ensure that, like, you're, you're not going to show up and, and one person shows up with you. Yeah. This is going to sound a little bit strange, but, like, is it arrogant to say I want to build a thriving community or is it an aspiration that you hope comes off the back of content? Or like, is it reasonable to say, we're going to start this, we're going to invest time, there's going to be milestones and a year from now, we're going to have a community? Or is that is that just completely narcissistic? That's a that's a really good question. Honestly, I've, I've never heard that before. Um. But like, as you, as you say that, like in my own experience in 
I'm trying to think of because I've 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 done a couple communities. Every single community that I have built has started with building an audience first and with no actual intention behind building the community. It was like an organic thing that stemmed from from the audience. So I honestly I don't have a great answer for you. Um, <laughs> other than every one that I've done myself has been like an organic thing that, that happened. It, it wasn't necessarily the, the intention going in to build this massive community. As we, as we started building it, we, we figured out better ways of doing it and better ways of providing value to the people that were in it and how to attract people that were actually going to contribute, um, which you can probably do from the beginning. I've just never done it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going down that path. So assuming then that the best intentions is that you respect your audience enough that you hope that they become a community off the back of it. And let's say you, you go down the pathway and you're building a program where you're, you're, you're building an audience first and you're hoping something builds off it. What should you look for that are signals that okay, this is starting to turn into something different. Like what are those little anecdotal things that'll go, okay, that something new is happening? The, the number one signal that I would tell people to look for is, well, a couple. One, the, the same people are showing up in your comments every single time. Like when you see the exact same people showing up every single time, you've moved beyond, I provided like, one piece of good content and now it's like this person is invested in you like if if you if you see the same person 10 pieces of content in a row like chances are all 10 pieces of those content didn't directly like correlate to something that they were doing in their day but they've you're you're building that relationship to the point where like they're invested enough in you that they want to comment and engage mm -hmm. with you. So I think that's number one is you see the same people coming back over and over again. And number two is once you get enough of those people coming back over and over again, that they start to engage with each other. That's, that's where like the real magic happens. Like, again, this is what we talked about in the beginning of the show. The difference between audience and community is like something that the, something that happens whether i'm involved in it or not like when you see people having conversations in your comments you know or helping each other in your comments and you see that as like a recurring thing like that's those are the two things like other than that i mean there may be some other signals but like those are the two that i would look out for yeah that's really good i like that so last question is you mentioned resources and don't start this path if you haven't got the resources to put into it. If you're talking to someone on a team, is the resource mainly time or are there skills that you would want? Do you need a certain amount of people for this to really take off? Like what's involved? So I think there's there's a couple things. One obviously is the is the time, but I, that's that's not the first piece of the puzzle. The first piece of the puzzle is having somebody it's easy for, for refine labs. Like we have no shortage of subject matter experts at our company. 
Uh, and Chris has done like this amazing job of creating that because he is like, he is the subject matter expert on, on what we talk about. Mm -hmm. So, um, number one is finding, finding your Chris Walker for whatever your, whatever your, your industry is like, you need someone who can speak intelligently. They can respond to other people's questions. That's, that's one that, that a lot of people overlook. Like I can make pre-recorded content that sounds really, really good. But then like, if I come on this podcast and you start asking me questions and like, I can't answer them, like that's pretty telling, right? Yeah. So like you need you need to have somebody that that really has that deep understanding and then you need to build the content that that creates those relationships that we were just talking about. So step 1 is the content creation process like building that that affinity. Step 2 is recognizing the the signals and then step 3 is that that time resource. Once you decide that, you know, a community is the thing you want to build. And it, when I say community in this, in this kind of like meaning, I'm talking about like whether it's a live event or whether it's a, like a, an actual group like Facebook or Slack, like that's where the huge time resource comes in. Yeah. You know, you, you yep. need somebody in there that's, that's curating the conversations. And I'm not talking about like, I've seen a lot of communities where it's like, uh, it's dead. It's, it's like a ghost town. And then you see like, Hey guys, question of the day is this, everyone give you a response. <laughs> it's like, I mean, that's not community. Come on. Like that's, and I've, I've, I've been in them, but, uh, like you need someone in there or several people in there creating those conversations that other people want to be involved in. So, <laughs> I have to ask on this because I know someone will do this. If you're doing this, what is what is your take on someone saying, well, we'll get a couple of people to like join as members and like ask questions as like pseudo people and like, you know, plants in the audience type thing. Like have the, you seen that? Like, do people do that? Yeah. Like the like the the fake question, like let's let's build out the community before we invite people into it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been guilty of this and in, in, in <laughs> the first the first, like, this was before we called them communities. It was a forum. Like, this was probably, like, 2011, 12. Same, same company we ended up building the Facebook group on, but, like, way back in our infancy, we had a forum on our, on our website. And it was like, well, we can't have a forum that people show up at and there's no conversations. Like, let's get, let's get everyone in the company because, like, we were – we were part of a bigger organization. Let's get everybody in the company to come up with one question. And then everybody in the company has to go back and answer every one of those questions. <laughs> it doesn't work. Like it, it's, it's the same as every other stupid hack out there that like people can see right through. But I mean, you got to make the mistakes to know that they don't work. So yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I think it's a pretty good place to leave it. This, this has been this has been a terrific conversation. I, I enjoyed every minute of it. I, I learned a ton. Thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. 